Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. As always, a glorious time to be here with you this time of the week. My favorite time of the week is to be here and bring you some amazing guests that help you shift your perspectives and change the way you look at things in the world. Whatever's going on in your life, there's always another choice. But sometimes you just don't know what those choices will be because you can't ask the right questions because you don't know the questions to ask. And today I've got an incredible guest with you who's been helping with me for the last few months trying to heal with the ear that I've had going on with the sound-induced vertigo. And uh, tomorrow is my surgery day. And uh, Dr. Lee Funk is here and he's been kind enough to join me on the radio today because I love the work that he's doing. He he doesn't just look at things in one way. And uh, Dr. Funk, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laura, for allowing me to be here with you today. It's so much fun because, you know, I get to meet these really cool doctors and healers because I've had to learn over the years that not everybody has the right answer for what's going on with you because they've encountered different experiences in their medical practices. They have their different expertise. It's, I don't know if you remember this, but growing up, you know, you went to your general practitioner, the family doctor, and they did everything. And now everybody's a specialist. And that seems to create a lot of problems. It can. It can be confusing sometimes. Yeah. And, but you've gone the other way, <laughs> you know, go, talking about somebody who feels that the best weapon in your arsenal is a lot of weapons is, is so different. Let's see. Um, you've graduated from med school. You, you're a chiropractor. You're an acupuncturist, a doctor of oriental medicine, a cranial sacral therapist. You have several other healing certifications under your belt. Do you do nutrition? I mean, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> well, um, I, above all, try to do no harm. That, that's always a good thing. But yet, at the same time, I've had some doctors in my life who did harm. And the worst part is I think they honestly thought they weren't. Well, sometimes they do harm inadvertently. Uh, they, they think one size fits all and one size does not fit all. Everybody's an individual and you have to treat them as such. Otherwise, that's where the side effects come into play. Yeah. When I was going through all the tick stuff years ago, I remember I was seeing the chief of infectious disease at a hospital up in Connecticut. And, you know, Connecticut is the tick capital of the world. That's where everything really started coming, Lyme disease because of Lyme, Connecticut. And the guy actually said to me, you're sick because you're depressed because you're not with a man. And... My blood work showed massive numbers of the tick issues with Babesia and Lyme, but he never even bothered looking at them. He just decided that I was, all my problems were literally in my head because I was depressed because I wasn't with a guy. Many times they, they say that because they're clueless and they just don't know what to do. And so <laughs> that's their, their thought process is, well, that must be what it is because many times that could be what it is and we don't have any idea what's going on. So... We're just going to label you that. <laughs> right. And you know, labeling is interesting because in 
Western medicine, meaning America, non-Eastern, meaning the Oriental uh, things, we've gotten to label things very, very often because that's how you determine how insurance is going to pay you is by labeling that. And in a lot of cases, labeling works. If you know you have a specific kind of cancer or you have a specific heart disease or in my case, the tick stuff or whatever is going on, giving something a name in some cases can help you fight it. But you've merged this Eastern and Western philosophies. What brought you to that point where you felt just the Western way wasn't the right way to go? I'm so glad that you uh, uh, brought that up. Uh, you know, I come from a long line of surgeons and dentists, and uh, so we were all weaned on multiple a multiplicity of medications. We we thought that that was the norm to be on on toxic chemicals. I shouldn't say that, but but to be on a, a lot of different meds. And my family, of course, many of them are addicted to medication, prescription prescription drugs, as I was too. So we just thought that was the way. But uh, when I was 13, 14, 15, I had horrific poison ivy that lasted for six months. Oh, and uh, I had it th- for a week. That was enough. There was snow on the ground, and I was still covered from head to toe. And uh, the doctors didn't want to give me prednisone. They said, oh, we're, you're awfully young to go on prednisone, but we, we just don't know what else to do. The calamine's not working. Nothing's working. So I was on prednisone for, for six months one time, and my face blew up like a balloon. They call it uh, moon faces, and uh, uh, very swollen, a lot of joint problems, and it literally demineralized my spine. So when I was around 15, 16, I had a spine of a 70-year-old. But fortunately, I worked out, ate really healthy, and a lot of it came back. But uh, that's when I started thinking and wondering, hmm, maybe there is a, a, another way, not necessarily a better way, but another way. And it was funny, I met a uh, butcher and he knew I had poison ivy, and he said, well, go get some Fells naphtha soap. He said, it'll be gone in a week or two, and which I did, and it was. It was literally gone in a week or two, and uh, I've never had a bad bout of poison ivy since because I, if I start to get it or get it, I use it immediately, and it's usually gone in a few days. Uh, but uh, That's what my mom used on me when I was a little kid when I got it. Oh, how about that? Your mom, <laughs> your mom knew best. Yeah. But, uh, you know, through through the years, I... I uh, had taken all the prednisone, and it affected my adrenals and my respiratory system. But I, I was over all that. Uh, but then I uh, was in the uh, pre-med program, and one of the professors there, uh, uh, a doctor, he said that he worked at Shands as a researcher. And he started talking about all the side effects associated with antibiotics and the research. And I started thinking, because I, at that time I was a paramedic, and I... I thought I was a doctor. And I, when I worked in the firehouse, I was the uh, the uh, pharmacist for the firehouse. <laughs> and, and I started noticing I was getting all these odd rashes because I was taking them just like candy. And, you know, 35 years ago, they, we really didn't know better. They they would throw antibiotics at anything. Well, if you've got a cold, you will take antibiotics, basically. But uh, uh, I started doing a little more research. And, and uh, after I finished the pre-med program, I decided to go to chiropractic school. And that was a real eye-opener uh, for me, for all of us, because I was always on antibiotics even then. And one time I said, you know what, I'm just not going to take them. And I was sick for weeks. But then I noticed I didn't get sick for several weeks after that or months after that. And then it was more, more time and more time. 
and I did quite well, very healthy, seldom ever a cold or anything. Uh, but then I, uh, a few years later, when I was at the peak of practice, I was going to Russia to pick up my son. We adopted an eight-and-a-half-month-old boy, and uh, I had to take a diphtheria tetanus injection to go. And I, I, the MD was a patient of mine, good friend. I treated his family of seven kids and wife and everything. And, but anyhow, long story short, I took it, and I had never, ever had pneumonia ever in my life. After that, I had pneumonia 20 times. And I had to retire because of it. And I'm not against immunizations. We all know they have their place. But in my case, that was a problem. But it was funny, though, when I was preparing for medical boards, there was many, not a few, many test questions on side effects of immunizations. And I often wondered about that. I never really heard about that until I studied pharmacology for four years. Well, you know, that especially now with this whole measles outbreak going back on, this whole idea of vaccines and the repercussions of them and, and stuff. But at the same time, they do have benefits. Absolutely. But I think everything we do, we have to be careful with. You know, I can't get the flu shot. I get the flu shot. I get so badly ill, it's like you want to hospitalize me. And it's probably because of the formaldehyde and stuff, which turns out I'm anaphylactically allergic to. So the balancing of that, so you you had these situations, you had to get this shot in order to go to Europe and pick up, to Russia and pick up your, your son who's um, doing well and here and you love him very much, right? So from there, then what happened? Well, I, I was at the peak of practice and uh, was so ill with recurring pneumonia uh, that turned into asthma. Many times when you take an antibiotic and steroids, it will turn into asthma, but it's better than dying. And, uh, of course, at that time I was taking Cerevent, breathing treatments two to three times a day, uh, 60 to 80 milligrams of prednisone if I didn't take it. And thank God I had the meds because I needed them at that time. Um, and uh, it looked like it was never going to end. It was almost as if I had a quart of motor oil in my lungs. And my pulmonologist, who is a good friend and a brilliant doctor, said, Dr. Funk, people die from this every day. And I said, well, that's great to hear. <laughs> and at that time, I could run a mile, bench press 300, and I was in great shape, but my lungs were full of fluid for no known reason. And that's when I went to an acupuncturist uh, that literally saved my life. Um, you know, if, you can't go on very long taking 60 to 80 milligrams of prednisone and all those uh, different uh, meds and treatments. And it was just like the lights came on, and when, when I was treated, and within 15 minutes, I was 50% improved. I said, I, I know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'm going to go retrain, which I did. And then I ended up teaching acupuncture as well, even at our, for our medical school. Because acupuncture is very popular among the medical community. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years, the whole idea of acupuncture. My listeners know that I've talked about acupuncture before. I credit it for making a massive difference in, in my life and my mental fitness as well. But let's see, paramedic, MD, chiropractor, then you head down this other path of acupuncture and doctor of oriental medicine, bringing all those things together into one practice in the world as it is today, could have, couldn't have been an easy process. 
Well, a lot of people have said I'm a professional student, and I do love to learn. Um, the main reason I, the last trek was, was medical school, and I'm still in process there. I'm all, all done with, with all the coursework, but I still have to finish rotations and residency. Um, but it was a real eye-opener for me, and, and I, I appreciated what I learned in reference to differential diagnosis, which is, is very important. Um, we get a lot of that in, in uh, chiropractic school, and, and you're gonna, those of you out there might laugh, but chiropractic school was much more difficult than med school. <laughs> in what way? <laughs> well, uh, we did a lot of hands-on. Uh, we, many, many of the instructors were, were RNs, and boy, they were tough. They made us do every orthopedic test and neurological test and, and uh, one of the mnemonics to make sure we could uh, be fortunate enough to pass was that I used and I teach from. is called hipperonal. We do a his- history, uh, uh, onset, what provokes it, what makes it better, what makes it worse, the timing. Uh, it's called hipperonal history, inspection, palpation, palpating the body, uh, instrumentation, doing range of motion, orthopedics, neurology, x-ray, and labs as well. All of that is inclusive in the uh, chiropractic program, as it is in med school. But we we had so many practicals that we had to go through just to pass, and I really didn't get very much of that in med school and absolutely didn't get any training in nutrition in medical school except caloric restriction. That was, that was it. <laughs> Do you think that's beginning to change nowadays in med school? Do you think they're beginning to add some more of this integrative functional medicine work that you've been doing for a number of years into the med school programs or no? I don't think so. I think that's something that they do afterwards. Um, that's more focused on, on uh, pharmacology, physiology, pathology, and, of course, surgery. Uh, but we got none. And uh, other uh, students I spoke to from other medical schools said that they didn't get any either, except DOs, doctors of osteopathy. Now, they do get quite a bit, and they get some training as a, uh, in manipulation as well, similar to what a chiropractor does. Uh, but even that is almost completely gone by the wayside. But many DOs do use nutrition, and, and there are a few MDs that do as well, but they do it after medical school, not, not during, we, because we, the only thing we had was biochemistry, and what they talk about is the different vitamins that affect different biochemical processes in the body, but not what to do, how to do it, or what to take or what not to take uh, for any reason in any way, shape, or form. We're hoping that, that that changes, but in chiropractic school, that's the brunt of what we do because we're really not trained well in pharmacology, nor are we allowed to give uh, pharma, uh, pharmacological medications or anything like that. Uh, it's all about uh, nutrition, vitamin therapy, uh, issues, uh, uh, treatment pro- protocols like that, but absolutely so, nothing in med school. So things designed to help the body heal itself exactly. versus things that... <laughs> Maybe well, I'm a I'm a believer in antibiotics when they need to happen. If it wasn't for steroids this last year, I don't think I would have survived. Me too. I, I, when I needed them, I did at that time, but I'd still rather not do them if I didn't have to. <laughs> but at the same time that I was doing them all, I worked with homeopaths and uh, acupuncturists and doctors of oriental medicine to help my body deal with the impact of those medications. So you've had this incredible journey. And for a number of years, you retired, so to speak. But in your retirement, you went off and went to med school and did all this other stuff and got higher levels at all these other 
modalities that you do. What keeps drawing you back to the medical profession? Well, to be honest with you, Laura, it's the only thing I'm good at. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very handy around the house when I start tinkering, uh, fixing something at home. My wife gets a little apprehensive. No, I'm I'm not that bad. Uh, But uh, maybe as I just would rather not do it. So you sort of feel like it's a calling for you? It is you? a calling. I, well, and you know, in acupuncture, I, I, chiropractic had helped me in the past, and acupuncture helped me tremendously. And I'm sure I would be a drug addict had I not gone to chiropractic school. And uh, uh, because of my family history, and, you know, that's what we did. You know, we had more meds in our house. We could have <laughs> gone through a a major world crisis and survived. Right. We had so many meds at all times and access to medication. And, of course, then there's the, the opioid crisis in America. And if you look out through history, uh, that's how they destroy a, a nation. That's how they almost destroyed China when they brought opioids into China. Um, and that's going on in America. But on the other hand, we're glad that we have them for extreme pain syndromes because sometimes you have no choice but to take something like an opioid to be able to handle the pain. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm one of those people that I can't really tolerate them, so I never really have to – I've not had to worry about addiction. I can take them for a day or so, and then it's like I get them out of my body. This is really bad. So that's how I've had to find things like acupuncture and cranial sacral work and other things to deal with the pain. I think that that was a blessing in disguise. Yes, I think so too. Okay, so you've taken this journey through the course of your life where you've had a lot of health issues, and then you started exploring these different modalities. How did you come into contact with them? Because a lot of people really don't have exposure. And and I'm fascinated by it because I've always had exposure to them, right? But yet I meet people who are like, oh, what's acupuncture or what's this or what's that? They don't even understand cranial sacral, and they think it's voodoo. Well, I'm really glad you asked that you mentioned that because I was the worst. I used to call chiropractors quacks to their face because I was so medical. You know, being a paramedic and being raised in a medically-oriented family who was against it and uh, until uh, uh, an RN that was in my anatomy physiology class uh, – forced me to go. She literally drug me to a chiropractor's office. And I was very negative and, and judgmental and all, just the worst. And, but, you know, the first visit, it was amazing. The result that I experienced, I had a really uh, severe shoulder problem, and he was able to help that uh, almost the first, probably the first visit. It was, it was shocking to me. And my whole tune changed after that. But then to go take it to the next level, I am a Christian, and uh, I, I was taught to some extent that acupuncture is voodoo. <laughs> I have a, a friend that is in pain all the time, and she refuses to even consider acupuncture because she feels it's not of Christ. It's, it's evil, and I'm like, it's not evil. <laughs> and and I, was, I was that person. I said, don't, don't go to my patients to say, well, I went to the acupuncturist twice, and what you've been trying to fix on me for 20 visits, I'm, I'm done in two. <laughs> and I, and I, I was offended. And I said, well, it's demonic, by the way. And uh, that was three months after I made that very foolish statement that I was so sick and had to eat my words because the next thing I knew I was in an MD's living room surrounded by beautiful art and uh, 50% improvement uh, from acupuncture. And, I, and I, 
as I said, that's when the lights came on for me. And then, of course, I saw another acupuncturist uh, uh, who did a lot of herbology and homeopathy, and, and it's just been an amazing uh, journey. Uh, saved my life. That's the only way I can, I can put it. And even the pulmonologist, who's a friend, she says, you know, I'm shocked I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> and I said, well, it's the, the Chinese herbs and homeopathy and acupuncture. And I, I self-treat, and if I start to get close to being in a bad way, I, I go see an acupuncturist, a good friend in Vero, and uh, but what a, an amazing uh, journey it's been, and I'm so grateful that I found it. And in reality, you know, everybody thinks that it's voodoo, but it's just the opposite. Uh, acupuncture in China, they don't allow any religion or anything. It's just straight herbs and and uh, and needles, needle acupuncture, and sometimes electrical stimulation as well. But but they don't want any voodoo in China. They don't want any religion in China. So it has really nothing to do with with that. The the uh, religion aspect of it is more of a European thing and an American thing as well. Is it thought of as that because people think of Oriental as maybe Buddhist or something else and they feel that there must be some prayer that's happening? I Personally, I think prayer is a great thing no matter what. Anybody praying for you to heal with God's name is a great thing, but yet— there's this stigma that can't seem to let go for a lot of people. A lot of it's fear, as it wasn't my part. Maybe it was a little bit of jealousy blended with fear. I'm rending my soul now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it is a lot of fear. Um, but uh, I, I believe that God is the healer. He's in charge. And, uh, and as you well know, I pray for my patients if they allow me to do so. And if not, I do it silently. Right. Yes. <laughs> But uh, I believe that that's you know the the real where the real healing comes from, and God works in very mysterious ways. I believe, and uh, He works people in spite of themselves, including me. Yeah, and He's certainly taken you on a crazy journey because now you're known as the house call doctor, and you go to people's houses throughout uh, the Indian River County area and a little bit into the Fort Pierce and. Um, up towards Melbourne and Palm Bay, if people make appointments and stuff like that. But that was a journey that going from more traditional where you had your office with the chiropractic and adding all these other modalities to now you're going to somebody's home and you're treating the whole person. That's an interesting, interesting story that I want to get into um, in just, in just a moment. But for you to say to yourself, I'm coming out of retirement, this is my calling, I want to integrate all these different modalities in, was there a specific question you asked yourself that enabled you to go yes and put your full force of will behind it? I would say yes. I was uh, actually teaching acupuncture, the Dow Garden in, in Thailand and, and uh, at uh, acupuncture school in Orlando and teaching seminars and actually you're gonna laugh I teach my patients how to treat themselves as well but not with needles <clears throat> with north and south pole magnets and uh, I have seminars in reference to that as well but uh, I think that too I was a little bored in retirement and you know what we do with our life is our our gift to God God gave us the gift of life and what we do with that life is our gift back to him so I would rather uh, go out doing something positive and making a difference rather than just staying home all day watching TV. 
So, so sort of the question to yourself was, where would I rather be sitting around here watching TV or making a difference in the world? And that's how you ended up doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So, so we'll be right back with more from Dr. Lee Funk, the house call doctor. He brings everything together to help you heal yourself and even teaches you how to work on yourself so that you can get stuff taken care of in between appointments with him. And I love it. He's really made a huge difference in my life. So we'll be right back with more from Dr. Lee Funk on It's All About the Questions. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Lee Funk, the house call doctor. And if you missed the first half of the show, you'll want to catch it on podcast because we're talking about an incredible journey of a man who has a calling to be a healer and a doctor. We're talking MD, chiropractor, acupuncture, doctor of oriental medicine, cranial sacral. And there's so much to him, including paramedic and all these other aspects of um, what Dr. Funk has dealt with in his life to get him to where he's at, which is helping people heal, truly heal, not just get rid of symptoms but or mask the symptoms, but to try to get the body to truly heal. So thanks for, for being here with me today and for all the help you've been giving me the last few months. Well, thank you, Laura, for allowing me to be here with you. It's been, been great. And I got introduced to you by Sheree Abrams, who's been on the show, master massage person in the world. Anybody needs a great massage, Sheree Abrams, go to ShereeAbrams.com. She's like, oh, my gosh. She sure helped me. Yeah, she's <laughs> truly amazing. But, you know, one of the reasons she wanted us to meet was because I had been suffering for so long, trying so many different things and working with many different doctors. And it seemed like it kept me at a status quo. Like I wasn't getting better and I wasn't getting worse. And I felt like I was always on the edge of a precipice with one foot getting ready to drop over the edge. And then I'd see a a doctor or a healer and then both feet would be on the ground. And then a week or two later, that foot was lifting and going off. And that seems to be not uncommon in this world today where we have to keep taking medicines, we have to keep doing all these different things. But the work that you do bringing all these worlds together, I know for me, it stepped me way back from the edge of the cliff. And I'll always be forever grateful for that. And I know we haven't been able to heal things and I'm having surgery tomorrow for my ear because there is a place for all those different things. But how do you address those questions and concerns and help people really even describe what's going on for them. That's a major problem. Well, I try, of course, to get to the root of the problem, not just cover up symptoms, as you mentioned. And I have to be honest, I really pray and ask God for wisdom to direct me. And and he really, he really does that for me and has does it, has done that for me. You know, with my history of severe medical issues and I hope this isn't offensive, many of which was, was physician-induced. Um, not their fault. It just was one of those things. Some they were trying their best to help you get well. Trying their best, but things happen sometimes. But then again, maybe it had to happen to get me moving in this direction because I was so medical. There's a pill or a potion or a drug for everything or a surgical procedure for this or that. And uh, in my case, it didn't work out that well. It does in many other cases, and, and uh, I'm not against medicine. I'm, I'm pro-medicine. I, I feel we all need to work together, and I think that uh, the direction 
we're hoping it's going is more of a functional medical approach where we do whatever's best for the patient, no matter what that is, even if it doesn't include me, what I do. Okay, so step back a sec, because you said functional medicine, and I know there are a lot of people that don't really understand when somebody says functional medicine or integrative medicine. They're like, I don't know what that is. So what is that? How would you define that in your own words? Well, it's basically using whatever it takes to get uh, a patient healthy, whether it be vitamin therapy or homeopathy, whether it be a, a medication. You know, if, if there's a, a parasitic problem, sometimes you have to go to some pretty heavy meds. Uh, uh, but it's, uh, how can I put it, it's a complete approach to healing using whatever is necessary to get the patient there and trying to figure out what, uh, what is going to fit that, uh, what is the proper medical model for, the, for each patient, each individual patient, because we all know one size doesn't fit all. Uh, in my case, the antibiotics and all the steroids weren't really helping me, maybe short term, but then the pneumonia and asthma would continue to come back over and over again until I found uh, uh, oriental medicine or acupuncture. Okay, so Western medicine tends to be focused on healing your symptoms, whatever may be going on for you, killing the cancer, doing whatever. And Eastern medicine tends to focus on more of the whole body, the constitution. Functional medicine, it sounds like, takes those two worlds, combines them together, and says okay, if we're going to do, say, these massive cancer treatments or years ago for me all the tick treatments, which saved my life, we now need to help the body recover from that. Is that a good description of, of how that those link together? I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> okay. Well, you did. I was just trying to pull it all together in, in another perfect. way. Okay. So now you've taken down this route, and one of the things that you are a big proponent of is that patients need to take control of their health care. They need to take control of their conversation with their medical practitioners and understand what they're feeling. So how, how does somebody begin to take charge of their health care conversation and their health care? Well, you know, a physician is supposed to be a teacher, an educator, which I try to do with my patients, and, and some doctors are offended if, if patients find something online and they ask questions about it, but I, I say do your, do your own uh, due diligence, uh, be proactive, learn as much as you can, uh, because you're with your body 24-7, and you know what's going on, and even, even rec- uh, write it down on paper, all the, the issues that you have, uh, so that you can ask your, your doctor what, what their thoughts are. But then maybe don't take their word for it completely. Do your own research. Do your own due diligence to make sure you're heading on the right path. I, you know, there's, I, I don't recall what the, the statistics are in the last 10 years, but there was a time where 105,000 people died every year from correctly prescribed medication. and Not incorrectly, but correctly. And I think that uh, that's the reason it's important to do your due diligence, to look up your medication, talk to your pharmacist, and make sure, because we're all humans, we all can make mistakes. And uh, uh, so I would say, as I said, mentioned, uh, do your own research 
and uh, educate yourself and, of course, make good decisions. It's, you know, nutrition is pretty simple in reality. Uh, I, I do believe in caloric restriction, uh, small meals, um, uh, but I also think there's certain things that we should try to avoid. Uh, in many cases, not all cases, but many people have a problem with dairy products. Um, uh, they're lactose intolerant or others uh, have a problem with grains like I do. Dairy and grain, uh, if I have dairy the next day or so, I'll have a cold. And uh, uh, so I say eat as clean as you can. Try to eat organic food. Um, of course, uh, and what we learned in chiropractic school, the importance of a positive mental attitude. Um, all those things combined are, are your road to, to health. Uh, and then, of course, sometimes along the way we make an error in judgment. Uh, I did. <laughs> when I was in med school, I started taking testosterone, and it uh, uh, blocked my coronary arteries very quickly. And uh, uh, then I got off of it, and I was doing quite well, and I had a procedure done that caused uh, my carotid artery to occlude in just a matter of months. I'm not going to go into what it was, but uh, I say do your due diligence and uh, be very careful with what you allow people to put into your body. Uh, I wasn't paying attention, and I, I paid the price for that. I know when my mom, they'd go to put her on different drugs and everything before I would allow her to take it. I read every possible side effect that could happen because my mom couldn't tell me necessarily how she was feeling all the time. But she was also of the generation where if the doctor gave you something, you just took it. And even if it made you feel crappy afterwards, you just kept taking it. And understanding all those different side effects enabled me to save mom from a drug that was causing some severe problems for her. We're not just talking about the anaphylactic throat closing. There were some other severe symptoms that she needed to take. But what if you really need to take something because the other side of it is, you know, you could die without it. What are some things that other than diet that people can begin doing for themselves? You talked about magnets. Uh, are you a big believer in meditation? I know your prayer is a major component to who you are as a person on the planet and as a, a healthcare practitioner. I would say my number one thing is, is, uh, is prayer and, uh, you know, asking God for wisdom. But then we have to be proactive and do our part as well. You know, it, it says somewhere in the Bible, uh, uh, faith without works is dead. I'll, I'll show you my faith by what I do, which would be eating healthy, exercising, making good choices. And and one thing I do want to state is that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a place for antibiotics. You know, we just took our cat to have him immunized uh, in reference to preventing rabies, because our cat is a wanderer and a hunter. Okay. <laughs> and so, so there's a time and a place for everything. I I think though that we have to be proactive, and cautious, think for ourselves, and uh, if we if we are not in agreement with our physician, we need to question that, question them, and not be afraid to do so. And uh, many times they'll ask you for, well, show me. The research, well, take your research with you. <laughs> I love it when patients are, I learn so much from my patients because I'm willing to listen to them. And I'll say, the other day I was with a few patients. I, well, I didn't know that. Matter of fact, I'm with a patient right now. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned so much from. And I think that we, you know, we think that since we're doctors or have multi, a multiplicity of doctors that we know everything we don't. 
and there's so much more to learn and so many more things to do that would benefit our patients and ourselves as well. Now, you talked about some food stuff and how for yourself dairy and grains are problematic. And I know several people that are anaphylactically allergic to certain foods. You do a protocol that can help reduce or eliminate reactions to allergies. And prior to meeting you, I knew another doctor here in town that that did that. And I have some really weird allergies to off-gassing and things like that. And one time he had me, I was in a hotel and I had to leave the hotel because it was so toxic. And he said, empty a jar out, fill the jar with the air and, and bring it to me. And he desensitized me to whatever that was. And you've done that with me with different things as well. Do you think that perhaps a, a lot of things that are happening to our bodies are reactions to things in our environments, perhaps, that are escalating? And, and I know you're not expecting me to ask that question. I'm just throwing it okay. out there. I, I would say so, yes. Uh, that there is a problem with environmental pollutants and all the things that are in our food, although um, um, America has improved dramatically in the past uh, 20 years with organic foods or 30 years. And, uh, but uh, one of the big areas too is being over-medicated. Uh, you know, uh, patients go to three or four different doctors and they'll place them, one will place them on two or three meds and another one, and a lot of them are antagonistic to each other. And that's a, a real issue for, for health. Uh, and so we've created uh, a country of chronic patients. I think i don't hold me to these statistics, but I think it's 60 or 70% of all the meds in the world are given in America, and 90% of the opioids are given in America uh, compared to the entire world. Those stats might be off a little bit. They could have changed, but uh, uh, America's way, way over-drugged, and that's a huge problem in reference to health because it, it can affect our ability to absorb food correctly and nutrients and... and uh, and cause a myriad of other health issues, as it did in me with me 30 years ago. And I started thinking, and fortunately, I went to chiropractic school. I, I've often said that saved my life. <laughs> what do you think about a food diary where people write down everything they eat and then also write down how they feel after they've eaten it, not only hours after, but even like a day later to begin to track things like that? Do you find that I think useful? That's- very useful, but also uh, when you eat an item you think you could possibly be allergic to, take your pulse and see if uh, if it goes up ten or more beats. That's a good indication that you're allergic to that that uh, that substance or whatever it is. And of course, avoid it for a month, and then try it again. Try to reintroduce it again, unless you've had anaphylaxis from it. I I had anaphyla- not anaphylaxis. I had angioedema from pea protein. <laughs> from pea protein. Yeah, and I had to go to the uh, to the emergency department and uh, uh, had to take a Benadryl to come out of it. I was really shocked. I, uh, so I, I, and most people don't have a problem with pea protein. I do much better with rice. Uh, seems to be a little more hypoallergenic. But, of course, whey protein is a derivative from milk. That's something that I don't recommend. It's, uh, I know it can bulk you up and make you stronger, as I was a bodybuilder and a powerlifter. But uh, uh, 
anything with dairy I, I, I have a problem with. I can't speak for everyone. It doesn't seem to affect my wife, although she still tries to avoid it. Um, but I, I think what one of the keys is staying as close to nature as possible and uh, you know, eating living food. Shop the, the perimeter of the store, not the center of the store. The center of the store historically has dead food. The perimeter of the store has living food, vegetables, fruits, uh, lean meats, things of that nature, and that's what we're better off to stick with. And, and I'm not against all grains. I'm not saying that all grain is bad, but, but even the gluten-free many times, it's just full of corn, which is, aller, an aller, is highly allergenic. And uh, so even though it says gluten-free, doesn't mean that you can munch down on a lot of bread. Not to mention all the carbohydrates that are can be associated with that as well. I find gluten-free foods upset my stomach a lot more. Like it actually starts to hurt, and my body hurts more with the gluten-free stuff. I'm I'm almost better off having a small amount of gluten than having gluten-free. It could be from all the processing too. They uh, even uh, coffee that's decaffeinated. They in many cases they have to put it through a pretty rigorous protocol to get the caffeine out and still you know what coffee has five percent caffeine and then decaffeinated coffee still has i think two to three percent so you're still getting it but the process probably isn't the best idea so having foods that are that are not processed is a much better idea uh, did that answer your question or did i get off on a tangent no it, no, it did so <laughs> keeping track of, of how you're feeling and reacting to different things if you're going into a new environment see how you feel take stock take a moment you're saying to to really be present to what's going on absolutely you know do your own due diligence you know and uh, because nobody's going to do that for you and that's just taking responsibility in in general for your health for your life making good choices uh, when we make poor choices that doesn't serve us well and of course we all want to feel good and and be healthy. Not to say that there aren't times when we're tempted with, with uh, a deserted ocean grill or country kitchen. <laughs> yes, yes. For those of you who are listening around the world, those are two very popular restaurants here in the Vero Beach area. Um, especially Ocean Grill has been around forever, and they make amazing hamburgers. I love their hamburgers. <laughs> oh, that's grass-fed. <laughs> okay, well, that would explain it. That would totally explain it. But... Uh... Yeah, prevention is the name of the game, um, and and uh, taking responsibility, thinking before you act, and uh, of course, you know, asking the proper questions for your physician, and then having the research so that they're not going to try to contradict what you're saying. Because if, you, if you have the research in front of you, like some of my patients have shown me, and I said, "Boy, I didn't know that. Thank you, thank you for that. I don't take offense. I just listen." And, well, but uh, you're you're it. unusual. <laughs> <laughs> You are very unusual in, in the world of medicine. Here in Vero Beach, we Cleveland Clinic recently bought our, our hospital, and they're bringing in their more functional medicine approaches, their teamwork approaches to medicine, something that you've just always done. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled that they're here, and I prayed that they would get in <clears throat> because they have a, such an uh, excellent uh, health model. And even in the, I've heard, I haven't been in there, but I, I heard in the lunchroom they've gotten rid of the soft drinks. And some of the nurses are a little upset over that. <laughs> they got rid of the soft drinks? Yeah, I think it's terrific what they're doing. And, 
And, you know, I'm planning on going back into an office again. I'll still do house calls because I have some patients that are 96 years old and 92 and, and they can't get out. But, but uh, I think that's one of the best things that's ever happened to our hospital is Cleveland Clinic taking over. Um, but uh, Maybe they should bring you in there to have you doing some acupuncture and some different things like that to help some of the, the patients there with alternatives to help the body heal. Absolutely. They've used acupuncturists in the past, and they're, uh, they're way ahead of their time. So uh, Vero Beach is very fortunate to have them here. The hospital has made huge strides in this short period of time, and it's going to continue to do so, and we're very grateful for that. Yeah, I know even before Cleveland kind of came in, I I know a lot of people have disparaged our hospital here, but they saved my family's life many times over, and the staff there, in all of my experiences, has always been really exceptional. So I I can't complain about that. I want to make sure that everybody who's listening locally or even – If you're not local and you have some questions, Dr. Funk loves to help people. He's got a a website, drleefunk.com, and uh, you can go up there and learn a little bit about the different modalities. But how can people reach out to you locally if they want to talk to you about whatever health crisis they're going through and see if you can help them or set an appointment up? I know this is unusual, but I have my cell phone on my website, and I will pick up. Okay, so it might not be you, immediately. Why don't you share your number with it's, everybody? Uh, of course, seven seven two is the area code, and five three two one three one three. That's an easy number to remember. That was uh, uh, there was a uh, Herman Munster. What was that show called? Uh, the Munsters. I and, love that show. And, and that was thirteen their, thirteen Mockingbird that Lane. That was it. Thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. I'll never get rid of that number. <laughs> okay, so say the number one more time. Five three two seven seven two. Yep. Then five three two one three one three. Okay, and they can reach you uh, via email at drfunk at drleefunk dot com, and they can also reach you via your website drleefunk dot com, and. Uh, you work a little differently in that you're coming to people's houses. It's I remember growing up, doctors came to your house, and it was great because they could see your environment. And I know there's a couple of times you said to me, hmm, there's something going on here, and and you ended up clearing some reaction I was having that I didn't even realize because you sensed something. So it's a throwback, but to me it's so critical because it tells you the whole patient. Absolutely. You know, we, there I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but there was a, 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 a doctor that I knew that had a patient that had back pain, and there was nothing he could do to help. Treated him numerous times, an excellent chiropractor, and uh, he had a health talk. The, the, uh, the patient loved the chiropractor, even though he didn't help him, and they had a, uh, uh, a, like a health talk at the patient's house. And the doctor had to use the restroom, and he went into the restroom, and he and he noticed the toilet paper was way behind him. And when he reached back for the toilet paper, it hurt his back. And that was the patient's problem. It was ah. the, the toilet paper dispenser being way in a bad position where he had to lean and twist. And that's where his back problem was coming from. So many times when I go in, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll notice there's some smells in the air. Maybe they use some toxic paint or something. And... Uh, uh, so we discuss those things, and and you can pay over the paint over the toxic paint with zero VOC paint, and and pretty much now it's all VOC paint from what I understand. Uh, at least at, at Lowe's and Home Depot, that's all they use now, which is a good thing. 
Don't hold me to that. I'm a big Sherwin Williams, uh, Benjamin Moore fan. I've used that too. That's that's terrific paint as well. All right. So uh, once again, the phone number for people to reach you? Uh, 772-532-1313. And remember, that's 1313 Mockingbird Lane in case you kind of forget the last few digits. You know, I want to thank you for bringing back health care into the vernacular here in the Vero Beach area and for people out there to help them try to find that. You know, I think we've lost that word care in health care. Well, you know, with insurance and everything and o- Obamacare and all, all of that, which I'm not going to go into whether I agree or disagree. Some people love it and some don't. Um, you just, doctors have a short period of time uh, to spend with patients. And that's made it very difficult to come up with a good differential diagnosis many times. And I, th- I think that's where the side effects can come from. But I, I have to admit, I have to put in another plug for Cleveland Clinic. They, it's amazing now. They spend such time with you and quality time. And uh, it's so clean. And I, I'm just amazed. And I delivered patients to Indian River uh, Memorial Hospital, as it was called years ago, but probably 30-plus years ago. Okay, and we're going to have to end there. All right. Because you've been through the ringer here in uh, Vero <laughs> Beach in your career. And I want to thank you again. Everybody, go to drleefunk.com and remember that the right questions really can change your life. So, what are you asking today? Pay attention to your health care. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 